bottom line. Welcome everybody to the bottom line. Super excited about this episode. Do not miss this episode. Do not tune out. This is one you're going to want to share with everybody in your family. If you're a parent or a grandparent, do not miss this. If you serve on some kind of a board or your life intersects with children anywhere, you do not want to miss this guest or this conversation. But first, I want to thank Glenn Story and Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile is the only Christian conservative cell phone provider that will put their money where their mouth is and reinvest some of the money you pay for cell phone service back into causes like Yaku Ministries to rescue children from sex trafficking. They go to the border with us to rescue children at the border and they help to flip school boards that have absolutely gone woke, such as what happened in Frisco, Texas. So thank you so much to the Patriot Mobile team for supporting the bottom line. Um, if you're concerned about your service, do not be concerned. They use all the major towers. So your carrier, you can have the same carrier. Uh, take your phone number over. Uh, use your same phone. Get a new phone. Uh, utilize what they call Every Friday Matters as their special. Talk to them about potentially buying you out of your other contract. So why don't you go to patriotmobile.com forward slash the bottom line. Or if you call them, mention the bottom line so you do get the discounts. Do not forget forget to mention the bottom line at Patriot Mobile. So again, thank you, Patriot Mobile, um, for funding uh, Judeo-Christian causes and patriotic causes in our country. Now, I want to introduce you to an attorney, um, a different kind of an attorney, an attorney that uh, is fighting for those who we like to see the fight for, and that is for parents within education. So Janelle Davis, an education attorney, but not for the schools, Correct. for the parents and for the family. Correct. Welcome to the bottom line. Thank you. Appreciate Pleasure to be you. here. Tell me a little bit, Janelle, about you know the journey as a high schooler getting into law. When What was the thought around law and why law? You know, I always had this, number one, um, desire to argue everything. (laughs) Um, But I've always had a real desire and passion for justice. Um, I actually went to law school to be a prosecutor. I was always fascinated with true crime stories and and what happened to folks and what happened to the, the predator. You know, how were they brought to justice? So I just never really thought about doing a whole lot else. It was my plan from the beginning. Um, and so I went to law school expecting to leave and graduate and be a prosecutor. I didn't think I would like any other kind of law. And I got into law school and I really did. I enjoyed almost everything else. So I wound up going to work for a law firm instead, doing civil litigation, basically any kind of lawsuit except for criminal or family. Okay. Um, yeah. So, and I've did that for 15 years before transitioning and doing the kind of work I do now. Which I want to get into. Mm-hmm. But what I'm about to do, you're going to thank me. Okay. You will, because I'm a friend. Will you readjust your headset <laughs> just so you don't have some flyaway hair yeah, in front of you? Thank you. There you go. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. Friends help friends. <laughs> All Appreciate right. it. So that transition mm-hmm. into, because because now where you are today mm-hmm. is you were, you were at a big firm. I was. You stepped away from the firm on your own. Mm-hmm. And today, give us a snapshot of what what does your legal practice focus on today? Today, I represent parents and students with education-related grievances or with special education-related due process lawsuits against school districts. 
you you represent a a staff member of our team i do yeah in, yes in that realm of I do. a special education scenario yes where the school district and i don't want to speak on the case but where where things are not what they should be and Correct. the family says help me please yes so then we get into this 2023 conversation of parental rights mm-hmm. right insane conversation yeah uh, this is me speaking, not you. We've got a president of the United States saying our children. We've got governors like yeah. a Gavin Newsom saying, um, uh, or, or, and even Trudeau, a prime minister of a nation in Canada saying, can the parents leave the room? I want to speak to the kids. You know, this is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, calling the educators, calling the kids our kids. Right. You know, from your perspective, have you seen change in, in a negative way from, let's say, pre-COVID to today on this parental rights and, and a overreach from education into the rights of a child? Mm-hmm. Let's just start there. Is this all smoke and mirrors? Is it real? I have my opinion. Yeah. But I'd like to ask the expert. <laughs> um, what I see in the families I work with and with my own kids in general is a... Um, deliberate systematic removing of the family unit removing of the parental voice the and it's not necessarily um in all situations real direct like the examples you gave but it's this slow incremental teaching of um, for example there's lots of school districts in texas that that use what they call a house system and every child and educator in the building is assigned to a different house and meaning a family in within this within the school Correct. okay so there's houses inside the school so yes. as if you take the compound of the school yes this is valuable information mm-hmm. i told you listen parents put down what you're doing i don't know take a break from work but janelle is going to share food with you here today that m- literally may become personal to you so within the school compound they're dividing it up in houses. Yes. And each teacher gets this domain. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, there's usually, so you might have an elementary school with a, a thousand kids and yeah. there's seven or eight houses. Okay. And so they use this, it's, it's community building. We, okay. you know, we're going to, sure. Uh, morale, you know, small all groups things. in it church. Sounds, sounds great. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but it gives those children uh, a family like unit. That is not their family. It gives yeah. them another space to to have a group setting, a family setting where we've got dozens of teachers. With, in with a house. teacher as the guardian oversight. There's of usually this number of teachers. Yeah, yeah, there's usually a number of them. Yeah, and they do you know different projects within the school, and they'll have uh, pep you know pep rallies mm-hmm. or things like that, spirit competitions. Things. Yeah, it's like it's a all, sorority, fraternity sorority. Yeah, we, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a great thing. There's a lot of good, you know, good things that can come out of it, but um, the kids definitely refer to it as a house, the family, this, you know, it's just different things like that, changing the way they talk, changing the way they think and the way they look at It's always school. language, though. You cannot mm-hmm. change culture without changing mm-hmm. language or, or giving language a different definition. Yeah. Right? And so... And there is a lot for me, and uh, I was I was in high school in the early '90s, right? Those spirit rallies, there are houses competing, sure, right? but never ever was it like this is your family, and, and some of that language, and it's and it's and it takes time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't start with right 
dishonor your mom and your father. Right. It starts with slow chipping away, chipping away. Yes. Yeah. And you'll see too, um, school districts will once, once at the middle school level, the teachers will start emailing the students directly with no communication to the but parent. See, that's unacceptable. About assignments. That's unacceptable. About classwork. And the parent might get a weekly update with four little bullet points. Here's what we worked on this week. Am I, am I, am I, just your opinion. You're a mom. I'm a dad. I got little kids. Your kids are incrementally two years ahead of my kids, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Am I crazy to say, because we have six educators in my family. This is my mom's 54th or 55th year teaching. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've got kindergarten teachers in my family. My mom's a college professor. Everything in between. Mm-hmm. I was raised by teachers. Yeah. Okay. That's insane for me. For in this day and age, with all the grooming and yeah. pedophilia and online trafficking and the things we deal with, for a teacher to be emailing a middle school kid, which is a fourteen-year-old, directly. They okay? could be as young as eleven or twelve. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Yeah. Within, within, and I'm assuming here, I'm making assumptions, so correct me if I'm wrong, within the school's IP address system. Correct. Right? Yeah. Within that the EDU. The student gets an email. Yeah, within mm-hmm. that EDU system. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you, we have two cases right now in Dallas, Texas, where we have CSAM material, child sexual abuse material, on those servers, mm-hmm. on those emails, within the school system. Yeah. So the notion that some teacher that just got hired under who knows what kind of an agenda can email a, an 11, 12, 14-year-old directly outside of school hours, okay? And I'm assuming they could email them 9 o'clock at night. Yeah. It's insane to me. There, there are certain standards. The Educator Code of Ethics and usually local school board policies will say, you know, you need to keep it to school-related instruction that you keep a school hours, those kinds of things. But the problem is enforcement. And if a teacher does go outside that, mm-hmm. the parent has limited, very limited rights and ability to seek accountability for what's happened. Talk to me about that. Let's just start <laughs> there. Okay? okay. Because I, and I know here mm-hmm. what we're doing is we're addressing a sweater and we're taking one little thread mm-hmm. and we're going to pull, right? So this is going to yeah. be a fascinating conversation that I don't really know where it goes, but just take that scenario. Teacher violates the parameters that was set within emailing children. Mm-hmm. And let's say that's an hour cutoff. It's no, not after 5 p.m. or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. We hope that people adhere to parameters. Society yeah. today does not, okay? And predators definitely do not. They couldn't care less. Now the mom finds out that, listen, maybe she's aware enough to know what those parameters are and a lot of parents aren't. Yeah. They don't know. But let's say she is. Like, so Sarah's aware. Okay. And she says, hey, this is not kosher. This is not cool, right? What is her course of action? I'm going to answer the question, but I'm going to change your hypothetical a little okay. bit to an actual case that happened in, okay, please. in this yeah. local Make area. Make this more palpable. I want these yeah. parents watching to go, this is real. Mm-hmm. Zero hyperbole. Yeah. This is real life here. So there is a family, and there have been stories in the news about this, um, that is in Tioga ISD, which is in Grayson County, mm-hmm. not far from where we're sitting right now. Yeah. Uh, high school girl was communicating with a teacher outside of school through Snapchat 
and I know you know a lot about Snapchat. That's, and the, our, that's the, literally our case copied right mm-hmm. now that I'm talking about in Dallas. Yeah. Two cases. Yeah. Um, Started on the school email servers and then and then went on to Snapchat because it disappears, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, was communicating with the student on Snapchat, admittedly, because she didn't want her parents to find out. The teacher admitted that. Um, when the family found out, they tried to put a whole kibosh on the the communications that were happening, all those kinds of things, and reported it to school leadership, school district leadership, who... Public or private? Public. Okay. So mm-hmm. there's an ISD superintendent. Correct. Yep. Problem. Correct. Yep. Um, and asked for the school to look into it, asked for them to remove the teacher, um, to make sure he had no further contact with their daughter. Uh, superintendent, they asked for the, the teacher's laptop, school issued work laptop to be searched. The school refused to do it, citing mm-hmm. his privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately that case, that situation developed and the, the student, the high school student continued the relationship in secret. And after she graduated, she cut off all contact with her family and moved in with the teacher who is married, moved in with him and his wife. Um, once the parents found out that schools have a grievance process that you can file a grievance, which is a whole other can of worms we could get into, but they filed a grievance about how the whole thing was handled. Um, the teacher still employed or was at the time still employed by the school district. Um, ultimately they, they investigate themselves, right? You file these grievances. Yeah. You're asking, you're asking the system to hold the system accountable. It's like me saying, Hey, FBI, would you hold yourself accountable, please? Good luck. There's no oversight. And I don't know that parents know this. Yeah. I don't know that parents know that a superintendent from a public school, ISD superintendent answers basically to nobody, Mm -hmm. not law enforcement. If there's campus police, Campus police answers to the superintendent. Right, right. So, so if so, if a superintendent is sitting with a case, this case, that's brought to his attention, and mm-hmm. he decides, you know what, I'm going to make this go away. Be yeah. quiet. Yeah. It goes away. Right. In that case, did the parents go to local police? They did. They did. Um, but there was no evidence of sexual conduct between the teacher and the student. And so. Snapchat, things disappear. Mm-hmm. And, and so yeah. one of the two would have to be a witness. And she was indoctrinated. Correct. She was groomed. And by the way, for the viewer, in the state of Texas, in, in, in most states in the country, we do not have to prove force fraud or coercion in human trafficking, sex trafficking, if the child is 17 and under. Don't have to prove it. I have to prove force fraud, coercion, 18 and over, right? So the child's a victim. She doesn't know it. She wouldn't yeah. identify as such, but she had a predatory figure, an adult, groom her, desensitize mm-hmm. her, make her believe it's love, mm-hmm. com- completely program her to the point where she's defending him and covering for him. So, right. so she wasn't a plaintiff at this point. She and, wasn't. Yeah. And so when it got reported, the sheriff's investigated, said there's nothing we can do. There's no evidence of a, a sexual conduct. There's no crime here. And the school district then used that of course. to say... We yeah. can't fire him. He, there's nothing, yeah. even though he had violated their policies, their policies yeah. about communicating was with he, students. Was he suspended ever? No, no. He was not placed on administrative leave until the parents went through this grievance process. And after several months going through the levels, because you file with the first this level with the campus. This is after their child had graduated mm-hmm. and moved in with the man. Correct. Yeah. They finally got in front of the school board and 
the Friday before the school board meeting, he was finally put in, on administrative leave um, and stayed on administrative leave until he resigned. They didn't even fire him. He ultimately resigned, which means he's free to go work for another school district. No, he's teaching because, somewhere else, and that's mm -hmm. why he resigned. And we right. find this. The, last, all the, the last 18 predators since 1992 that have been caught red-handed on campus. I'm talking about school teachers who are predators mm -hmm. that have been caught red-handed on campus in the act, okay, in the Dallas ISD, mm -hmm. okay? All 18 still teach today. Yeah. They teach in Euless, Bedford, Prosper. Yeah. This is this is This is literally insane. And, and we do have some pretty good laws in Texas in terms of chapter 26 of the Texas Education Code, which lays out specific things that parents are entitled to with respect to curriculum, their students' records, access to teaching materials, all those kinds of things. There is a law that requires superintendents to report to their school board and to the TEA when there's evidence of misconduct. There are good laws, but there is zero way to enforce, enforce them. The enforcement's not there. It's like anti-trafficking law. We mm -hmm. do, I told you before the show, we, we enforce sex trafficking of minors in 10, 10 out of 254 counties in Texas. Yeah. A law is nothing. You're a lawyer. A law that's not enforced is, you can flush it. Right. It's, like, it's like toilet paper. It right. doesn't mean anything. So, so for the parent now, let's get away from just human trafficking, just other things like, you know, special ed. Mm-hmm. Um, when we get into into those kind of elements, right? Sure. That's real to many parents. Because yeah. I think I think there's certain subject matters that's getting all the attention, but there's many other other situations where parents are feeling hopeless. Like, help me here. What yeah. are my what's my legal right? Yeah. What's my course of action? What are some of the things that comes to mind for you at the moment that you feel parents do not know that's going on that they should know? Let's start there. And then we can get into what's the remedy what what could what mm -hmm. example could you give them you know and we'll we'll work our way towards some call to action for parents to actually do some proactive things but what what is happening in your world that you think parents are unaware of or the masses are not aware of yeah well i'll give you uh, one kind of general education issue and then i'll give you a special education one and the general education side most parents have no idea that their children are be being given screeners mental health screeners okay when does this happen like at, at like orientation week? No, it could for, happen for, 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 for um, like most school districts have um, counselors. Well, they all have counselors, but they typically will go into every classroom once a month and speak on a different topic. Um, at the middle school and high school levels, they then will often ask the students to complete a Google form exit ticket to you know answer some questions about the topic. So if the topic was anxiety, you know, how often do you feel anxious? Um, and they're using those screeners to determine, okay, who might potentially need some intervention. And the counselors will then take those screeners and potentially reach out to the student. Hey, do you need to talk to somebody? They're not telling the parent that they're reaching out to the student because the parent might be a problem. The parent might be the reason why the student is anxious. I, and I understand. They, they always pick that route, right? Mm -hmm. They always go with, well, this is chance. Yeah that the parent may be the problem, right? Mm -hmm. And and I really believe it's something that they, it's a masking mechanism for yeah. me. I think, of course, yes, we have familial trafficking. And I, absolutely, my opinion, either corroborated or refuted, there's overreach within that absolutely. conversation. Absolutely. Massive. Right. So 
most parents have no clue that's happening. These mental health screeners, or they'll call them daily check-ins because under the law, you're not allowed to do any psychological assessment or testing on a student without their parents' consent. So they'll call them daily check-ins and it'll just be a simple, you know, two, three questions. You know, do you feel like you have someone you can talk to if you're upset? You know, how, how often do you struggle with feelings of sadness? You know, simple quote unquote innocent things. Um, and parents have no idea. They're not being given their students' responses unless they know to go ask the counselor. Hey, has my kid reached out to you? Um, have they filled out any forms for you? If you don't ask that question, you're not going to get it. Um, and a lot of times when you register your child for public school as part of that lengthy online registration, all the documents you got to fill out, there will be various consents in there mm-hmm. that you sign. And those consents can include a consent for behavioral health interventions, um, telehealth meetings, things like that. And people don't read that stuff, just like they don't want to read the all the paperwork when they go buy a car. They or just, an app. You know, Download yeah, an app. Right. They just say, yes, I consent, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's happening everywhere. Um, and they're using, they're using these screeners to identify children who might need mental health services. What constitutes, according to the school system today, a child that needs mental health? Because there's a mental health crisis that's unmet mm-hmm. in schools. I, I argue I argue the schools are producing mental they health. Are. They're, they're producing. We're creating the issue. We're creating mental health crises, yes. right? So so, how does a parent have that conversation in a court of law? Like I think there's overreach. Mm-hmm. They say this is a mental mm-hmm. health screening, but they create the problem. Yeah. You know, Sun Tzu will tell you the best practice is to fund both sides of the war. I mean, it's just like we create the problem and we're the solution. Right. And 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 we're the arbiter. And right. we're the judge and the jury and, you know, yeah. good luck. I mean, so what does a parent do in this case where a parent feels like, hey, this is kind of weird. My child just came home mm-hmm. and they're recommending medicine to my child. I didn't even know that my... They can't. That's illegal. But yeah, yeah. it happens. It happens. Mm-hmm. One of our cases. Mm-hmm. And it's suggestive. Right. Or it could even be, we had a case where it's like, you should tell your mom you should. And the child is weaponized against the parent. Right. It's almost like slowly they're saying, your mom and dad's not a trusted voice, but we are. It's exactly what they're trying to do. It's exactly what they're trying to do. And the the remedy, what a parent can do in that situation on the front end is opt out of any counseling services at the school opt out of can i do it retroactively yeah. sorry to interrupt oh, you so yes. after mm-hmm. after they've signed the consent yeah. they can go and say hey i become aware of something right right here is my this is my declaration we're opting out of yes so list some of the things that you recommend people consider opting out of i recommend people opt out of um, mental health screeners daily check-ins um, counseling services with the school counselor because they will provide those yeah. to your child. Please opt out of that. Um, because they'll also provide your child with options and ideas that yeah. is diabolical. Yeah. But the the other thing too, so those, those are the three main things I would say opt okay. out of. But I think also what will happen is that can create a situation for the child where the counselor goes into the classroom. There's 25 kids in yes. there. This kid's parents have opted him out. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, Johnny, you've got to go leave. 
Yes. You can't be here for that. And, and then jo- that kid Johnny feels, shamed, feels shamed. All the kids go, why are you right. leaving? What's wrong with you? So yeah, you yeah. have to have a conversation with, with your, your child about that yeah. and you prepare them and explain. 100%. Absolutely. 100%. Um, why you're doing what you're doing. Because the child is in, in that battle with you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, there's a, there was a case with Lauren Davis, same last name. Lauren mm-hmm. Davis, Dallas, Texas. Lauren, through COVID, Lauren decided that, you know, um, as a family, they were not going to, you know, the kids, you know, were not masked, et cetera. And, 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 and it turned, it turned, Huge bullying. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there is that. So I, I do want to encourage parents, if you're taking a stand as a family and your child is in it with you, have a real yeah. conversation and equip your child for the environment. Right. You know, so that so that it's not a surprise. Right. Because children are children and there will be, bullies will look for opportunities and they'll bully, right? Right. So, yeah. Right. Um, in the special education setting, the thing that I see most often is parents assume that the school district is going to tell them all their rights. They're looking out for their rights. They're going to do all the evaluations they need to do. What they recommend as far as services and goals and programming is they're the experts. They're, they recommended it, so why would I question it? Um, but at the end of the day, the system is always going to protect itself. And parents have a hard time separating their like of a particular teacher or an administrator from the system. You might have known this teacher for five years. She might have taught all three of your kids coming up. Yes. You, she's the most wonderful Christian woman. You have no concerns that she's indoctrinating your child. Most teachers at the end of the day are going to choose their livelihood and protect the system. The system, yeah. And and I understand that from a human perspective to a certain yeah. level. Yeah. My career or your child, Correct. right? And that's what it boils down to. Yeah. And they know that. The system right. knows that. That's the lever yes. that the system pulls. The yes. system has that lever over any teacher to say, you walk this way mm-hmm. or you lose your job. Yes. And and the teachers love the kids. Yeah. But your kid also graduates out and moves on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it's it's not their kid. I mean, right. they they're doing it because teach most teachers, most teach because they love to transfer knowledge and they love to teach and they yeah. they are in it for the right reasons. There's bad apples in every batch, in every society, in every career. But that's not the point. The point is the system understands that the system has a different agenda than the teacher. Correct. And they have, they have leverage on the teacher. Right. And then there's unions and all kinds of craziness mm-hmm. that goes on. Right? Yeah. So, so are you saying teachers are under pressure from the system for sure i've seen it um and i i've seen you know they it might be something like if this teacher doesn't do what needs to be done for the system they might get assigned to all these extra duties or meetings or you know they'll Mm -hmm. just make it miserable for them or replace them and that and get someone else we've had a, Mm -hmm. a school that's told a teacher hey you don't want to teach it there's someone who will, yeah. mm-hmm. particularly a, a system called It's Perfectly Normal, the book It's Perfectly Normal. And one teacher just said, hey, I'm not doing this, man. Yeah. I'm yeah. not having this conversation with a 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. Like, and the, the, someone will. Yeah. And the other thing that's happening that indirectly may pressure teachers to remain quiet is a lot of schools now are using professional learning communities to develop curriculum. Mm-hmm. So they're putting teachers in groups to develop curriculum. Peer pressure in the group. Correct. Yeah. We and see it. We see it at the, the state mm-hmm. school board level. Uh-huh. 
people don't know that, but state school boards have committees, mm -hmm. just like the House and the Senate have committees, and they've got these focus groups. And then when you go look at who's in the focus groups, right, and how a a radical agenda and leadership would place certain people in certain focus groups right. and literally tell them, go intimidate. Yes. Go turn this person. Yeah. Apply pressure, right? Well, that, that was happening with uh, these library book review committees. Yes. When I worked with other parents in my school district to challenge a number of different books in our school libraries because our, our board would not just remove them. Uh, citing the Pico decision and all that stuff mm -hmm. at the Supreme Court, when really, if you look at that opinion, it absolutely says you have the authority as a school board to remove things that have pervasively vulgar content, yes. among other things. They absolutely can do it, but they're being told by their law firms and TASB, the Texas Association of School Boards, and TASA, the Texas Association of School Administrators, you can't do that. We'll get a First Amendment lawsuit by the ACLU or, you know, whatever. It's the same line so the church have been told with separation of church and state. When you talk right. about Kelly Shackerford and he tells pastors, no, you 100% have the right mm -hmm. to talk about X, Y, Z from the pulpit. Right. But there's this social narrative that, mm -hmm. oh, you can't do that. Yeah. And, and then it just becomes almost like it's truth, but it's not truth. Right. It's not the law. Right. So just to refresh people's memories, uh, Janelle Davis, um, an attorney in the education system defending parents and children. So that's who we're talking to. Uh, Janelle has unbelievable experience and real cases every day that I think has knowledge for you as a parent and for the parents out there to really listen, to, to dive into this. And please uh, reach out to us, write to us, uh, go to our website or go direct on our, on our social media and ask us questions and let us know if you need support. Later in the episode, we're going to point you in a direction where you can get help as a family for whatever you know challenge you're facing within your child's school system. Can we, for a second, transition from public to private? Okay. Are you seeing similar situations in private school? A little bit, yes. Certainly, not, most of the calls I get are from um, public parents with kids in public schools. But yes, some um, just situations of of lack of due process, honestly, mm -hmm. for kids in school. Kids being accused of saying things that are racist or being accused of misconduct, and having absolutely zero due process in how that investigation plays out is typically what Yet I our I federal see. constitution. Forget about the Texas Constitution. Our federal constitution says you, you have the right to due process. Right. And you're innocent until proven guilty. Mm -hmm. But the societal norm decides that we're going to change language. And if yeah. you don't address someone a certain way, yeah. someone now it's hate speech. Go, right. Where, where does that come from? Becca, can you pull something up for me? And I know the number, but I want to check myself. The amount, the, the, the differential between public and private school, K through 12 in Texas. How many is private and how many is public? Um, we have the largest K through 12 contingent of kids in school in Texas, larger than California. Um, in public school, just K through just 12 in kids in general. Yeah, we have we are the we are the largest K through 12 population. California number two. We are the number one state targeted by curriculum writers mm -hmm. because Texas has a substantial financial surplus in yeah. buying power. California runs at a 30 billion deficit. They can't buy anything. Yeah. So you're watching 
content creators, those intentionally writing content. And I do want to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the course of action? One of the bills we passed, we wrote uh, House Bill 3702 in Oklahoma. Governor Stitt signed it into effect. That, if, that bill, when you read it, and I encourage parents to look it up, HB 3702, Oklahoma. It's in 15 states now, but go read that bill. It was a bill written for digital curriculum, but it's a bill opening up the content creator, the individual teacher, the superintendent, the school board to class action. That there's straight line fire from the parent That's great. to the yeah. individual because yeah. they all do this. They point, it's not us, it's TASB, it's not us, it's the school board. Well, it's and, not a. And there's another know. layer in Texas that's a problem that we can get to. Like, I want to. Yeah. Um, do we have a number? Private school enrollment. Um, so private school enrollment is four point seven million. Is that what we're seeing of the forty eight million? Yeah. So we're close to fifty. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's not. That's that, that's got to be nationwide. If we can just look at Texas. Um, so for, so fair. It looks like nine percent countrywide. So let's let's just argue here for a second that it's nine percent, right? So let's say ten percent. If 10% of kids in school is private, mm-hmm. okay, and you see this predominantly in public, we are exponentially still a society with more children in public school than private. Right. So we're right. talking about the vast majority of, right. of K through 12 students. The other, the other point you wanted to make in Texas, uh, you said there's one other oh, point. Oh, sovereign immunity. Yeah. It's a huge problem. Because there's virtually nothing you can sue a school district for in Texas. It's just the reality. It's a problem. It's a huge problem. Massive. Because you there's, can there's have... There's no accountability. No. There's, no, there's no recourse. And there was a bill introduced um, actually by uh, Dutton, mm-hmm. a uh, Democrat, yeah. to repeal that, to pull it back some, and, and went nowhere in the last session. So... Um, that's a huge, huge problem. There's well, the same thing is there's complete sovereign immunity for district attorneys. Mm-hmm. How do you hold the DA accountable? Right. I right. Mean, how do you hold a superintendent from a school district accountable? Well, and and there that law we were talking about the reporting requirements law for superintendents. There are known instances of superintendents not reporting under that law, and nobody will do anything about it. School board won't do anything, won't fire them. The sheriff's office won't do anything. And that that particular law is very clear in the penalties that are laid out. It's, it says in the law, it's a state jail felony. You can be subject to fines. But who enforces that? Nobody. Yeah. Nobody yeah. will enforce it. E- exactly. And that, and that is the nature of, of the situation. Mm-hmm. So parents find themselves in a, in a spot of bother, some yeah. hopeless. They, they reach out to you. And you and they say help from a legal perspective. Help me as a parent. Yeah. Without talking specific cases, what types of cases in 2023 did you physically interact with? Are these so they could be special ed? It's a lot of special education. So um, what would be some of the violations that you think in special so, ed? So um, a parent, so the child is really struggling academically, not keeping up, or they're having severe behavioral issues, and most parents have no idea that school districts are under a federal obligation to identify and evaluate all students with disabilities in their district. So it is their obligation to come and say to the parent, yes, to come and say, Hey, I think your kiddo might need an evaluation for speech impairment, learning disability, autism, any, there's a number of different categories. 
And parents can also ask for that. And if you ask for it, they either have to do the evaluation or they have to tell you why they're not and you initiate a legal proceeding with, with the TEA and have an administrative hearing on, on it. So um, those kinds of issues of failure to adult, uh, identify and evaluate. And then um, the other ones on the special education side would be like a kid has qualified. They have um, a specific plan in place with services and supports that is not being followed by the school by the school so they're not making the accommodations correct according to what this child's been uh, awarded correct. And, and i would and i don't want to equate it to this but it would say for instance a, a, a school not at which you would never find because building code is enforced <laughs> but a school that isn't doesn't that have amazing we'll, we'll amazing? protect our buildings but not right. our children the building code is enforced lead certified i'm telling you man it's massive we're going to protect this building it's got lead certified and it's green in the environment and it's going to have a wheelchair ramp, yeah. right? Because it's mandatory. That yeah. that happens, but right. but Susie or Johnny, that really has a hard time reading for whatever reason and is falling behind in their schoolwork, not for any other reason that there's something, you know? yeah. And it could be it could be eyesight, it could whatever, right? But it's just like this child becomes a burden. Mm-hmm. Now you're saying even when that is identified and and. It is It is decided that yes, it qualifies and this child needs special help. That there's occasions where the school just Oh, every day. Doesn't do it. Every day. They 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 either don't they're not doing it because the special they don't have enough qualified special education teachers. So okay. they're they have too many kids. They can't get to them all. Um or they are doing it but they're missing a session here or a session there. They're not giving the minutes that the kid is supposed to get. Or the other issue could be they're not um, they're not making enough progress. So they might be providing the session. The solution is not working. But it's not which working. They're not re- challenging them we, enough. We got to reevaluate. Yeah. And and you know right. when a football play doesn't work, you don't run it again. Yeah. You go okay, this doesn't work. Let's do something else. Right. Parents and call you. Sorry, finish your point. Well, they'll call and they'll yeah. say because they've most often they've been. They've known something is wrong yes. for a while, yeah. but they'll go into these meetings with the school and it's it's the parent, maybe mom and dad, usually just mom. And we're going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. And then there'll be the special education teachers, the general education teacher, the principal. Mom's outnumbered. She's outnumbered. She's emotional. Doesn't have all the Because it's her child. Yeah, she doesn't have the info. And they're telling her, well, they're making progress. We're seeing great progress. And mom doesn't know that she can ask well, where's the data to back that up? Mm-hmm. Show me the data. Show me how you came to that conclusion. How do you measure this? When's the last time you did an updated evaluation in this area? It has to be done every three years. Has that been done? They don't know. They don't know that they can disagree with the recommendations of the teachers. The plan. The plan. Yeah. Um, and so they'll just essentially get bullied. And and I'm not suggesting the teachers are in there yelling at them, back, you know, but they'll just... Very nicely. And again, you have the issue of the te- the parent liking the school, liking the teacher, the individual teacher. And so they're like, why I, this, oh, why that, would this that person? That world in this country, and I'm telling you, mm-hmm. it's it's not the only country. There's other countries in the world, but there's no other country f- on this perspective like this country where parents have this belief system. And, and I, and I want to see this belief system smashed. Absolutely obliterated. That if my child doesn't go to that kindergarten, and that elementary school, mm-hmm. 
and follows this track that I laid out for them, then somehow yeah. their life is going to be ruined. And I planned it all out and they got to end up at TCU or That's at- where I went. <laughs> I, did, I didn't know that. That's where I went. I have some beef with TCU. At the moment. Uh, well, but, you and I both. <laughs> end up at TCU. And, well, if your name's TCU. Yes. Texas. Christian. Mm -hmm. University. And in orientation, you ask your students, mm -hmm. you can serve the little God or big God? Yeah. Like, uh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Yeah. Maybe change your name, TCU. Yeah. I change your I name. And I, the funny thing about me going there Agnostic. is... Agnostic. Right. Texas University. I went there because my parents, it was there or Florida State for me. Mm -hmm. And my parents said, you know, you don't really need to go to a big state school. And we don't like the idea of that. They didn't know enough about TCU. They saw the C in the name and said, yeah. we'll help you financially if you go there. Most people. <laughs> we see the C in the name. And, <laughs> and, the, and, and, and in fairness, yeah. there was a time, right? Sure. Heck, Harvard was found on biblical mm -hmm. principles. Yeah. Oh, how how they have fallen. Right. right. I mean, come on. Right. Their $53 billion endowments more important than than their founding, founding principles. But the parent now is outnumbered. The mm -hmm. parent doesn't know, doesn't have the information. Mm hmm we know that parents don't get curriculum. You've got to fight. Oh my gosh! I mean, you got to. It's gotta, insane. You got to basically. I've tried. You got to fight <laughs> for my own kids. I've to tried to see as yeah. a lawyer, mm -hmm. a woman who knows the law. Yeah. Well, and you, number one, parents are afraid of retaliation, right? They don't want to be seen as a troublemaker. Clearly, I don't have that problem. <laughs> yeah, I have no problem. If I'm standing for what's right child. and what's truth, then child. I'm... And it's not just know. even for your child. Every time you yeah. fight for your child, you're fighting for the child that's coming a grade below yeah. the next grade. Another parent says, oh, that's possible? Yeah. You mean I can right. question this? Right. You mean we can actually win? Yeah. Yeah, you can win. These are your kids. But to yeah. my previous point, parents are afraid mm -hmm. because of retaliation and, well, well the plan. Right. Well, if I tell you that your plan is to take mm -hmm. your kid to this college and I show you that 95% of them leave there completely brainwashed, right. change your plan. Right. I mean, it's your child, right? And, right? and this whole thing of if my child doesn't go to that school, then their life's ruined. God is in charge. God is the author. And then we get to a deeper point of do people trust in God? Mm -hmm. and, and do they understand that it's my responsibility as a parent to steward these kids that's first God's children? Yeah. So I better steward them. I better be Ezekiel 33, watchman on the wall. I better not care about retaliation. Right. Because if you don't, oh. something in the world will, period. Yeah. The gaps you leave, Satan will take. Yeah. And, and, and so, I, so some of this I, I chalk up to ignorance for parents. Some mm -hmm. of it I chalk up to buying into fear mongering and, and fear of social ridicule. Some of it is chalked up to some parents are just bad parents and yeah. they want a pacifier. They want the school to raise right. their kids. They want the right. school to give their kids value. They want the cell phone to educate their child. They don't right. care, right? <coughs> and so, it, and it's a smorgasbord of right. everything in between. But I said this to you before the show, at the end of the day, the child's the one that suffers. Yeah. The child pays the price. Right. The school's got an agenda. The school district's got an agenda. The parent may or may not have an agenda. The child the, or the parent just doesn't speak up or doesn't fight. Yeah. And then we get to the conversation you brought up. Where are the fathers? Yeah. So everybody that watches my show knows we charge men to fight because because it's women who fight sex mm -hmm. trafficking, right? Mm -hmm. Your experience. Lawyer speaking into this realm, who who fights this fight? Do you deal with dads or do you deal with moms? 
99% of the time it's moms. Um, and, and some of them are single moms, but not all of them, not all of them. Um, and then even outside of my legal practice, the things that I've done in terms of challenging books and speaking at school board meetings, it's majority women. I've never had a dad come to me and say, Hey, what can I do to help you get those explicit books out of the schools? Give me, give me a book and I'll challenge it. Um, speaking at the school board meetings, you know, when you call people to go, Hey, we've got an issue in this school district, this night, this date, it's moms no, we see, or it, grandmothers. It, and, and, and I, and I want you to say it for yourself. I would echo that it is, it is 99.9% women fighting because that child came out of their womb. There's an everlasting bond there Yeah. for a father to be in a child's life. You got to work. You got to choose. You got to put in effort. You've got to inconvenience yourself. You've got to take the extra mile. You've got to step out. But whether people like this statement or not, I frankly, my dear, I don't give a darn. Okay. (laughs) When the enemy, which is Satan, looks at a landscape and he sees, here comes the woman they're going to fight. Where are the men? Right? It's a different fight. Mm Mm-hmm. For the same reason I say women get ripped off. It's a fact at car dealerships. They get yeah. ripped off. You go in for a car service. It's just, it's a, it's a, a I, I despise it because I was raised by a single mom. I watched it my whole life until I was old enough when my grandfather came to me and said, when you take your, when your mom takes her car for an oil change, she stays in the car, you go. And you tell them this, 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 and this. And you tell them it's your mom's car. If they screw it up, you're coming back. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's, and I'm not saying women can't. Sure. Women can do anything, mm-hmm. but it's how, how people address it when there's no man in the room. Right. Because there is a spiritual responsibility for that man to stand yes. with his wife and say, it's us as a, fa- for me and my house. Yes. We're going to serve the Lord by going to the school board and saying, those books go. Yeah. It's a different approach. Right. It's just, it is. And anybody wants to debate it, you're in denial. You're sort of probably insane because because the data proves it. And so in the world of science, science, let's look at the science. Where are the men? If the fathers would step up, but here's the problem. A father that watches porn yeah. is not going to stand with you to remove a book of porn from his kid's school. Right. Because the spirit of accusation, he's accusing himself. His own self hatred, right? His own skeletons in the closet, right? His own, and and he hasn't received the redemption and the freedom in Christ yet for himself. So you can only freely give what you freely receive, right? And we have a massive problem in our country with men not stepping into the fight because they disqualify themselves. Yeah. Because at some point they participated at it, in it, you know, yeah. or they, or they think it's a mom's job, or I gotta be the breadwinner. You go be the breadwinner if you're the breadwinner, and you go fight too. And you protect. You provide and, you protect. and protect. You are to protect. Yeah. And so this is a call to action for all parents. If in your household today, as a man, your wife has come to you and said, I'm concerned about the school. Don't chalk it up. as Ah, it's, come on. Do not dismiss your wife in this conversation. Because you're not dismissing your wife. You're dismissing your child. Because you're dismissing the one who's standing in the gap on behalf of your child, your wife. And I don't care what disagreements men have with their wives and what's happening in the marriage. But when a mom comes and says, hey, I've got concern 
about school or about society or about Coach Johnson. Mm-hmm. As a man, you stop everything you're doing. You lock eyes with that woman. You listen, you focus, and you take action. Mm-hmm. Be- because the, the, the playing field will change. I, I've even had moms call me and say, you know, I just, I'm kind of getting worn out and my husband thinks I'm just making something out of nothing. I don't really think I can keep pursuing this. It's, it's a real problem. And that, you know, we could, there's a whole fascinating discussion we could have on how we got to that point as a society where men have abdicated that role. And it took time, but we are there. Yes, we are absolutely there. Um, and, and it's not even, it's, it's men in the homes, but it's also men on our school boards. Yeah. That are not standing up for what's right in 100%. our schools. Um, oh, no, there at the school boards, the men are leading the charge for evil. Mm-hmm. You go to Texas State School Board. You go to the most of the school boards around the country. Yeah. No, there's men on the school board. Right, but they're not standing they want for the truth title. and protecting. Oh, they want the title because mm-hmm. that status in the community and society and that helps right. their child to get access to the school. And mm-hmm. I mean, there's a ton of perks, baby. Yeah. But it's the duty, the responsibility. Right. Why are you in that seat? If you're an oxygen thief robbing society from a voice that'll stand for truth and justice, right. then remove yourself. Move yep. over. Bring someone in there yep. that, that, that will do the job that they're there to do, that we could hopefully maybe get back to a culture where maybe some schools will hold the same value system as what the yeah. family does. And they, that, you know. Okay, so for the parent today that goes, I got an issue. I didn't know yeah. how to fight. Maybe there's hope. This is uh, this is a, a show of hope today. What is a call to action? What's the first step for the mom that thinks, man, I've, I've dang it, I've known it. I felt it in my, in my gut, that female intuition. Mm-hmm. Something's not right. Or I've been fighting and no one will listen. Yeah. Help me with a next step. Report it to the school, report it to police, or report to the school, or reach out to your office. Mm-hmm. What can they do? There's a couple of different things that are coming to mind. Number one, um, you've got to educate yourself on what your local school board's policies are, what the laws are that apply. Are those readily, readily they are, available? You could, whatever school district you're in, if you just, um, typically it's easier to find if you just Google the, the school district name and local board policy. If you try to find it on their website, you'll spend hours. Yeah. You just got um, So know what your rights are from their local policies, number one. And number two, um, we have to get an enforcement mechanism for these laws. So for parents who have been trying to fight and getting nowhere, or parents who have already fought and lost because there's no enforcement mechanism, they have got to get in their uh, rep's ear their yeah, house yeah. rep, their Senate rep. And there is a website that um, you can put in your address and it will tell you who your reps who are. Your reps are. Yeah. Um, and there have been some fairly decent bills proposed to set up some form of enforcement in Texas. I'd like for, for you to highlight some of those bills for me, Janelle, because sure. we write bills and yeah. policy. And if, and if I look at those bills and I go, because a lot of bills in Texas today have no teeth. Correct. They're like, they're, they're well, it's vanilla. The, the one uh, that so can't milk teach those. CRT in the schools. E- exactly. Great bill, yeah. no teeth. Yeah, no teeth. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. so yeah. we'll go write a bill. Right. We'll get your counsel, literally yeah. your counsel as a lawyer, and say, hey, we'll go write a bill and go, where does accountability come in for enforcement? Right. 
this has to be enforced. Well, okay? th- well think about, you know, we've got insurance and health and human services. There's 1-800 numbers you can call if, if there's concerns about fraud or abuse. Yeah. Okay. Nothing None like that. that exists no, for no. education. It's the single largest but portion think how of crazy our state it budget. Is. We have to write law mm-hmm. in education to enforce the law that exists. Right. It's insane. Right. Why right. is that? Because you have immoral men, immoral women, people who are not there to do their job. There's mm-hmm. a hidden agenda. It's, so it's, it's, it's diabolical. Okay. Are you in a place, because the show reaches a lot of people, are you in a place where you can take on more cases? Because I don't want people to just go, this is not a promise from me that Janelle Davis can take <laughs> your case. Okay. But, but can definitely be a voice of reason. We're going to have you back if you're willing to come back and have more lengthy conversation. Yeah. But are you available? Or if not, where do people go? And if, and yeah. this is also nationwide, the show. So if not all Texas, right. well, how do they find someone mm-hmm. like you in their district or in their state? Sure. Um, it's hard to find education lawyers for parents. I, I know. So if it's a special education issue, the TEA does maintain a list of statewide um, of special education lawyers. That's Texas Education uh, Agency. Agency, yes. but every yes. state has an agency like that. So yes. check out with Tennessee and right. Oklahoma right. and all the others. Yes, you can also find um, special education lawyers through a, a national organization called uh, COPA, Council of Parents, something and advocates, I believe. I forget what the other. So C O P A. Oh yeah, C O P A A. I think you, it's P A A. Pull that up and just they have Janelle lists. verify which one it is. Yeah, they have yeah. lists um, of lawyers. Um, a free resource is a website called Rights Law. W R I G H T S Law. dot com. Uh, okay, Peter let's Wright. pause here. Let's pull yeah. up Copa. Is this, this Copa? This is Copa. All right, so, Dan, if you can go to that shot for me on on, on yeah, screen, so, and let's go to COPA, and then people can dive into COPA, and what what do they find at COPA? And parents can, they have webinars, they have conferences. Attorneys and advocates. And for parents. parents can even join this and, okay. and do there's their own There's a membership. I see there's yeah. a membership. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's COPA. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And then Rights Law. Rights Law. W-R-I-G-H-T-S. Yep, right there. All there right. is a ton of free information on here, and he. This is kind of a this is kind of a platform, a forum, mm-hmm. almost a, uh, like a think tank, almost. It's Pe- it's Peter Wright's website, and okay. he's got like okay. articles and okay. links to cases, and yes. he also has a couple of books that are really helpful. Um, the one that there's see out there on the right side of the screen, there's a book all about IEPs, and IEP is an individual education plan, so it sh- teaches okay. parents what they can ask for. That okay. they have a right to disagree, okay. all those kinds of things, and he beautiful does resources as well. Stunning, stunning resources in yeah. COPA and rights law, and then and you, you mm-hmm. personally. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, uh, do you want us to point people your direction <laughs> or no? I'm happy to have people contact me. I will say I am drowning in parents. There's so many parents that need help. Give me, give me a lens on that. Give me, give me, and I, I started this podcast with you on this question. Mm-hmm. Do, have you seen a change pre-COVID to now? You yeah. say you're drowning in parents. Well, I mean, I've only been doing, I've switched over to education in February, but it started a little bit before that. I and met you came from? Uh, from a, a large law firm yeah, that yeah. I did and, civil and, litigation. And, and civil and you switched to education. Yeah. But and, you're drowning in parents. Well, and I, I knew 
about a year and a half before that, before February, I met a woman who's been an education advocate for 30 years, a great patriot. She helped found Restore the Republic in Frisco. Mm -hmm. Um, And she and I became friends. And she just said, you need need to come watch some of these hearings with me. You need to come hear what these school districts are saying about kids. And I was appalled. And I said, this this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm Mm -hmm. supposed to be here fighting for these kids and these families. And so... I spent about a year or so doing trainings, going with her to hearings, kind of shadowing that type of thing. And I knew there was a need yeah, for people. Um, and I just thought, okay, I'm just going to go out on faith. I've never worked for myself. I've always worked for somebody else and had a steady paycheck, all those things. So I left in February and I have, I've been inundated with, so I can't, I can't tell you what it was like before that because yeah, people no, weren't well, reaching sure. out to me, but can you, can yeah. you pull up Janelle's website for me? She's not actively asking and if me to I can't, what she's doing, but I'm. If I'm gonna, I can't I'm help gonna, somebody, I do want to point. Get them. I do want to point parents here at at you as a warrior, and then I want to ask you if you mm-hmm. would be willing to to talk about a l- little more about why why this thing became so important to you. Is that uh, that? Yes. This is it, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, if I can't help somebody, I always try to get them somewhere that can either give them resources or point them to somebody else. Um, Giving just, families a voice. I love that tagline. And we are, we are in our culture at a point where families have to have a voice again. The nuclear family has to be restored. Mm-hmm. Children need air cover. Yeah. They 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 need fathers to stand stand up and step up. They need their moms to be vocal. You should not even consider pushback. Mm-hmm. You should just do what's right. And I always point people to you start with the word of God and then you follow it and you do it and you fight for the least and the voiceless. Anything else you want to add at this moment? Um, well, you st- you started to ask me, you know, kind yeah, of why like I... Your, your, yeah. yeah, some of your why. So yeah. why, one of the whys is you, you started shadowing mm-hmm. some of these hearings and, and you saw firsthand, like, mm-hmm. this isn't right. Yeah. And then you had the lens to go, well, I've got a legal, a legal lens here. Right. And there's violation here, you know, and so that, but you're a mom. Yeah. And so you can't help but also dealing with this in your own personal life. Yeah. I I experienced some stuff with my oldest son who was receiving services through his school that even at the time as a lawyer, I look back and I go, man, I trusted them way too much. And they did things that weren't right that I could Mm -hmm. have had a claim for. And I didn't even know at the time. So part of it is that uh, and wanting to kind of, not let that happen to other parents. Um, and then just through my own personal issues and growth and redemption in the last several years, I really became passionate about protecting the innocence of yeah. children. Yeah. Um, because I really, I kind of started looking at school issues when it came to the books and the curriculum and the blurring of the boundaries between teachers and students and the desensitizing them to sexual content, sexual, separation of the family. Yes. All those yeah. things. Um, because that affects their innocence. Mm-hmm. And that was something that wasn't protected for me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it until much later in life. And it led to a lot of problems for me. Personal and, experience. And yeah. struggles. And yeah. And um, thankfully, but for the grace of God, he, he found me in all of that and pulled me out and, redeemed all of those things put you on the front line and you gave to fight me a for perspective the yeah mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And it's full circle because you, when I asked you earlier, you said the reason you wanted to get into law is because you always had a, a call to justice. Yeah. Right. And that's for the voiceless. And, and here you are. So Janelle Davis, um, attorney for the family within the education system, not protecting the schools, but fighting for the family and really fighting for the child. Um, yeah. And for all children, because every case, uh, and before I close, do you see victories? I mean, is there hope? Yeah. There's absolutely hope. We so, can, and yes. I want parents to hear that. This yes. is not a hopeless cause. This is not a, well, just keep pushing against the wall, but the wall can't move. No, right. the wall moves. It does. And even some, even parents who might lose a legal case, most of them don't view it that way. They, they're they glad that they stood up to the system. They're glad that they used their voice and they didn't remain silent. That's a win. Yeah. Fight. Yeah. Fight back. And they've usually give courage to other yeah, people yeah within to fight. the law within your rights and i think a big part of this is people just don't know their rights they don't yeah you know and 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 there's this fear mongering and this mob mentality of yes it's us against you right you know and i go all right then so be it it's me against all you let's go yes you know and because it's for the innocent who yeah. don't have a voice who can't do it for themselves you know right and at the end of the day, we all stand account in front of God personally for what we did with what we were given. And you were given a very particular lens in law enforcement. So we're uh, sorry, in uh, in the law, um, we need more law enforcement. <laughs> so thank you, uh, Janelle, for what you do. Thank you for how you stand up for the voiceless. Thank you for this, this show. And we'll do all we do to keep waking up the parents and the dads. But close this show with there's hope and there is a there way. Is. There yeah. is a way to step into this fight. And there are, not many, but there are people like you, but they're definitely you. Thank you for those resources. Thank you, Dan, the man beyond the board and the redhead over there that makes it happen. Appreciate you. Um, talk to all of you soon. Don't forget that when you drink Storyville coffee, you're literally, this is called Flyboy. When you drink Storyville Coffee, go to storyvillecoffee.com. Subscribe. Every single cup of coffee helps us rescue a child from sex trafficking. So I'm not here to really convict you, but I'm gonna. <laughs> if you drink Starbucks, that's not happening. Duncan, it's not happening. Dutch Brothers, it's not happening. They fund other things. Okay? Storyville Coffee We'll make sure that you help us rescue children out of human trafficking. And it's phenomenal. Number one roaster in the nation. Ship it to your door. You curate your whole subscription. So please go subscribe. That could be your way of helping us rescue children from the pangs of death, literally. Disaster. And so you could drink your coffee in the morning feeling good going, you know what? I'm helping. I'm helping. And if you want other ways to help us, go to help JBM, help Juliet, Bravo, Mike, dot org and see how you can educate yourself on how to protect your family learn